Hi, Lee Podcast Arenas. I've got an interview for you this week with Hannah McGlynn, Dublin-based photographer and videographer, and who also did the article the other week about uh, quitting drinking. Hannah's celebrating four years off the pints and has been a big inspiration to me trying to do something different and take breaks away from the alcohol and deprogram myself from the session mentality, which I grew up in. Uh, I think this will resonate definitely with a lot of Irish people who have grown up in the same kind of environment. Trying to make a change is difficult. Oftentimes the most important thing is encouragement and the people that you surround yourself with and also taking that step to get treatment if you need treatment and to reach out for help because it's really it's a courageous thing to do to actually put yourself out there and to address these issues and get to know yourself outside of the booze and Hannah is as I've said a great inspiration for that as she's done it in her own life and stuck to it through thick and thin so this chat is really I think it'll strike a nerve with people I hope you enjoy it So the article absolutely blowing up, literally nearly 1,500 people read it oh in the God. first week. <laughs> so it is, it's gone interstellar, but I think a lot of people were appreciate the bravery and the fact that you were being so real in it. How did you feel about it kind of post article? It was a real, um, like I felt great putting it out there. And yeah. then as it started to settle in and I was kind of like looking at people who were viewing my stories and I was like, whoa, <laughs> everyone knows my deepest, darkest secret. Like, I know it was, it's a bit nerve wracking, isn't it? You're kind yeah. of like uh, exposing yourself, but there's also kind of a freedom to it. I think that, yeah. and oftentimes people are, you find people are much more in the same boat than you'd think. A lot of the time. Totally. Honestly, like mm. the amount of people who also like reached out to me and were like, thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. Like either at the moment I'm going through something with drink or like I gave up drinking a few months ago or whatever mm. it was. Yeah. That, yeah. Like because of that element of it, you know, I don't mind sharing that yeah. because, and that was the thing that happened when I first was a year off of drinking. Actually, um, a close friend of mine had gone through something extremely traumatic mm -hmm. that I didn't know about. Yep. And for three months had been on this downward spiral. And yeah. from her seeing me post about that and me being vulnerable and mm -hmm. yeah, putting myself out there in a squirmy way, yep. she hasn't drank since. So she's three years off the garden Nice. Well. Wow. So, but that's the power, man. That's why, because I'm always very like careful with stuff on the blog and all, because I love putting out these stories of people, but then you also don't want to be just like, I don't know, commodifying people's suffering or people's like very personal stories. So yeah. the real, I think the the best reason to do things like that is because it can actually change people's like pretty intensely. I mean, I remember that with Philly's article reading it, like it really touched a nerve in me because it was such a similar kind of experience. And you really feel like almost a connection to somebody else because of that, that vulnerability. 
Totally. And you see them in such a different light. Like the same thing with Philly. Like I've known Philly since we were like 14. Yeah. And then reading that article gave me so much context around that time in both of our lives. Like we were like killing each other at that time. Mm -hmm. And it just makes so much sense. We're all going through these like struggles silently thinking it's just us. Yep. And like not leaning on the people around us. And then when you actually share, you realise... So many other people are like, oh my God, thank God it's not just (laughs) me. (laughs) Shit, you too? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I mean, but we're all kind of, it's so hard to know, I think, in your head, like what's normal and what's not normal and what's kind of like, you know, what's your weird thing. And then when you see other people kind of be like, no, this is what, you know, is going on in my life. It's very liberating, Um, which is why I want to do more of those kind of stories with people who have been going through something and kind of found their way out the other side and gotten a bit of wisdom because we all just go through that that same cycle yeah. constantly um especially at the moment with all of the yeah. pandemic nonsense um that's kind of yeah that's <laughs> definitely increased the desire to drink pints have you found it how have you found like the, oh, the lockdown and <laughs> like, stuff with it hmm. so when i was in uh when lockdown first happened i was in india right yeah and i was meant to be go i was meant to be on a six month trip traveling and we were two months in and you know checking the stuff like the news back home and everything and everyone in ireland was like you know losing their shit buying toilet paper <laughs> but like yeah. in india it was just like ah like we've so many other things to deal with yep. that is just not a high agenda item mm-hmm. so like it was like it was grand but then anyway had to cut our trip short by four months and I was like devastated oh. but had to sit in Mumbai at airport for seven hours through the night for a stopover yeah. in a bar oh, <laughs> and, no. and I was just like I am at the end of my tether oh like, my this god is that's just pure and temptation isn't it pure temptation but then do you know what stopped me a bottle of like for example a bottle of corona was nine euro whoa I'm not paying a nine euro for a bottle of corona not here not ever I don't care if I'm drinking so or not like the taxes worked they actually yeah. got you um, they got me. I was like, what that? Yeah, I found it so difficult as well. I thought the first lockdown for me was easier, but this one, uh, not drinking again, doing the six months off it, has been a lot more tempting. I don't know. It's just so, it's such a way to kind of just blow off steam, isn't it? Totally. Because I think we have so much time to ourselves at the moment. And, you know, like you can be productive and everything. And I feel in the first lockdown, yeah, it was so like, well, yeah, baking, yeah, get it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, banana bread, <laughs> yeah, banana bread, and now it's just like everyone's like, "Fuck this shit, get me through the day," and yeah. like things like drink and everything make it easier. In yeah, some way. it kind of bookmarks your day, doesn't? That's what I always found about the sesh was like it was you'd go out and then you kind of just all your energy was gone out, but and you'd be in bits for days, but it became like a, almost like a ritual, like a cleansing kind of. You'd go yeah, out. Marking the weekend, like. Exactly, yeah. It's like you didn't feel, and if you didn't go out, you felt this kind of like tension or like self-consciousness. Um, yeah. This kind of going on. So it's been very interesting, like having to deal with that rather than just going out all the time. Is that something when you first quit, were you having to like sit with it, like on a Saturday or a Friday, you're kind of like, oh. Absolutely. What? So at the start, hmm. they say when, um, so when I was in recovery, they said that the first two years of early recovery, like don't go out, avoid people, place and oh, things. Yeah? And like, and two years, like, like to me, that was That's a insane. long time. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's a long time to a 22 year old. Like, yeah. Well. So, um, 
Yeah. So the first couple of months I tried, but you know, it was also like summertime in Ireland. Mm -hmm. So, um, I ended up more so just putting myself through a lot more than I should have, because I was like, I can handle this. This is grand. But then putting myself like, then I'd go to like a three day festival. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, yeah, not drinking off of everything for about four months. And that was so, so tough. And I was like, why did I do this? You know, even like you're at a festival and Mm. someone's like, yo, can you hold my beer for me while they do something? And you're just holding the can, (laughs) staring at it, like smelling it. Like It was so tough for a while. I feel like just sleeping in tents when you're sober as well is just like, I suppose that's what camping is. But at a festival, it's definitely... I found it so even when you're just out with people who are drinking and you're not drinking, you feel like such a spare wheel after a point where you're kind of like, ah. Oh my God, it's like, that 11 o'clock, ju- 11 o'clock jump off exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Like, yeah, you're like having a good buzz. And then all of a sudden that people are repeating themselves or like someone will say a joke <laughs> and everyone's like, ah. And it's, you're like, am I thick like, or is that not funny? Hang like, on what? a second. <laughs> you yeah. Just, start seeing the signs of people getting mildier but it, i can't say like after 12 o'clock like i it's an ordeal to be somewhere till one in the morning which is really hard because you kind of want to be involved and stuff and you feel really left out and othered that was yeah, something i really felt yeah. when i stopped drinking i just mm-hmm. i really miss that camaraderie you yeah. know even like when you're at like the booze or a mate yeah. or a couple of mates yeah and like people are going up for a round and then they'd be like oh hannah do you want to have a can of Fanta and you're like oh don't even ask <laughs> like, <yeah>. like, <laughs> why are you calling me out like that man yeah Come why on. are you doing that like, make me look like a fool <laughs> exactly and like you know people are getting drunker and having mm. shots and stuff together like you don't yeah. have those same bonding moments it's tr- or even yeah. just you're playing random a very- girls oh sorry go ahead no, just like random girls in the bathroom. I yeah. don't talk to them so much anymore. You know? <laughs> we don't know each other anymore. We don't know each other anymore. Who are they? Yeah, I I know that. So it's like you're playing a different game to everybody else. And even if like people are accommodating and are sound and stuff, there's just obviously when you're drinking it, it kind of it loses your inhibitions. But it's also it's it's kind of a game that you're all playing together. And if you're not drinking, you're kind of you're always going to be outside of the the party or the activity, I suppose. Yeah, majorly. Did you ever consider when you first quit drinking, was there ever a time when you were like, maybe I'll just do it a bit? Were you like, moderation or, you know, what was your thinking around that when you actually stopped? So initially, it's very funny, the kind of, um, the arc, I suppose I took, because initially (laughs) I was like, I don't have a drinking problem. My doctor's an idiot. Then I went into the hospital. I was like, right. I'll get on with this fucking course and I'll see how I do. Yeah. And it was kind of, you know, in the first few days, as I was listening to people's stories, yeah. initially, a lot of them were kind of, you know, like wine moms and everything mm-hmm. and like pint dads and the yeah. like. So I was like, I- I'm not like these people. I can't relate. But it was as I heard, um, there were kind of like women, say, in their late 20s, talking about that kind of arc of, you know, I thought I'd be able to learn to drink better, do you know? So yeah. I like me hearing that, I was like, that's me. I'm mm. learning to drink better in here. And yeah. then talking about how it went from, you know, binge drinking with your mates to, you know, as you get older as well, you don't see your mates as much. Everyone's working, mm-hmm. people have families and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you still want to mark your week and then you mm-hmm. want to mark your day. And mm-hmm. then your drink, you know, it goes from a few casual like cocktails to mm-hmm. a full bottle of wine to vodka. And like, mm-hmm the way that things can so quickly escalate without yep. you noticing. Yep. Um, 
And I know myself, like I have never been able to do anything by halves. I've never been that guy who can go and have (laughs) one pint and nurse the pint. I I don't think I've ever met that guy, but... My brother's that guy. It's actually crazy. But my brother's that guy because I only found this out when I stopped drinking. I was telling him like, I was like, oh yeah, I've never been that person who could have just the one pint. And he's like, oh yeah, like I'll just go and have my one pint because otherwise I'll black out. So I just don't go past that or whatever. And I was like, wait, you have blackouts too. And he does. But yeah. as a result, he just doesn't drink too much. Oh, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> just, yeah, that's very pragmatic of him. But like, <laughs> Yeah. He just has the self-control. Yeah, that would be ideal if that yeah. was the situation. Yeah, I could, yeah, I was always the same, man. Like once, once you're in that situation and you're having the crack and you have like two or three pints, unless I like have something to do specifically, if I've got something, I'm like, I, I can't do this. And even yeah. sometimes if I do, I still go out. You just get too excited and you're just kind of get caught up in things and run around getting gargled. Totally. And like, that's the thing. I know myself, like every fucking diet I've ever been on, you know, the second I eat one Malteser, I'm in for the bag, you know? <laughs> so like, and when I was in uh, treatment, they really talked a lot about that. They were yeah. like, if you go back to drinking, you're not going to go back to the way you started drinking when you were 14. Yeah. You're going to go back to the way you were drinking when you stopped. And yeah. then you're going to keep going from there. Yeah. So it's only going to get worse. And we tell mm, ourselves these things, you know, like, oh yeah, like I just need to learn to get really good at drinking yeah. pints. Yeah. You can't learn that, like, because <laughs> you know yourself. I need to turn professional and <laughs> master, professional. master the pints. I, yeah, exactly. because I kind of, I mean, doing the six months off and then I went back to drinking for six months, but it felt like, I mean, I didn't really get drunk to be fair, but I still just have the same thing. Like there's no, um, there's no way for me to, for it not to creep in, you know what I mean? Like what you're saying mm. where you'll have a few and then maybe the next week you'll have a few more and then you can see this kind of cycle forming all the time. Yeah. So I'm always trying to like break that habit. And then that becomes more stressful than actually just not drinking in the first place. Yeah. Because you're so like aware of how how much it gets under your skin, kind of how it kind of, I suppose, becomes a, just an unconscious habit that you're doing. Um, Completely. And we don't notice. One of the other things I had never noticed, um, the feelings I was drinking on. Yeah. That was one thing when I went into mm-hmm. hospital, they were like, yeah, you know, you really need to asso- like, learn to associate whatever feeling comes and then the, oh, damn, I'm buzzing for a pint. Yeah. Because it wasn't, the two are not always linked in yeah. terms of, you could be sitting there being like, oh, I love a pint. Yeah. But it could be triggered by something. And for yeah. me, a lot of it was. Um, and I just wasn't noticing those warning signs. Yeah. So it's about also like learning to kind of step into your awareness and between that, like you, you know, picking up a drink or whatever and being like, hold on, what's going on here? What's yeah. making you want to drink that where, drink? Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is it just a thing of like that you just want to have a buzz with your mates, which is fine? Or is it that you're like, I hate myself, you know? Yeah. Like, or I feel really uncomfortable or I'm like anxious or I'm not, yeah, you know. Want to loosen up totally. Like. Having a bad day or kind of. Yeah, it's really strange, man. And so much of it is kind of is always those negative feelings. But then you kind of try and twist it into something positive. It's like a way of just a coping mechanism really is that what they would have totally yeah like they were like I would absolutely be running from a lot of my problems were at home and things like that Mm -hmm. and so I would say 
whatever would happen, then I'd go out. But I would have been say getting ready when something happened. Then I'd go out and then I'd be like, I'm not going home. And you'd yeah. be chasing something and like, oh yeah, you know, Good looking time. at your phone, you're like, nah, nah, like I'll say out, I'll say out and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's because like I was running from so much. You don't want to go you back. Know, you don't want to sit with yourself. You don't mm. want to go back home, any of that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's much easier to keep partying. Yeah. And then when you do come home, people are so much more annoyed at you. Because you're rolling in on Monday morning in tatters. <laughs> you're an absolute <laughs> creature who's just a creature like... of the night. <laughs> like as you know, when I was a bit younger, I'd be bringing the likes of you guys oh, all home no. to my attic Stop. when my family would be asleep. <laughs> like <laughs> just, yeah, coming into all these sesh gremlins just kind of creeping around the place. Honestly, and the worst thing was like a lot of the time when I was drinking, particularly towards the end of my drinking, I was blacking out the whole thing. Whoa! So like you're waking up with like. 100 euro, 150 euro gone for your bank account. Yeah. No memories, stinking of vomit. Oh, and you're like, and so many texts. what was the point of that? Like, <laughs> yeah, so many texts. Like, was there actually any point that what I just... did I achieve in this whole thing? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm broke, my friends hate me, and like, I feel terrible about myself. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know so... that feeling big time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. And it's like, there's an element of it is, that mm. is just being young, that yeah. I just assumed it was like just being young. Yeah. And, you know, like for me at the time when I was giving up drinking, all of my mates were doing the exact same thing, if not worse. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. this is so unfair. Why, why do I have to stop drinking? Like, mm-hmm. you know, why does it affect me so much more than other people? And it's not that it affected me more than other people. I think I just, I started drinking very young and mm-hmm. went at it hell for leather. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that other people aren't quietly mm-hmm. going through the same thing yeah. and are just unaware of their emotions or not in touch with their emotions or else it's coming for them in a few years time. Do you think you just woke up to it earlier, maybe because you went after it so much that you kind of got the side effects quicker? I think so. Like basically when I went into treatment as well, my doctor was like, you, you, you're probably allergic to drinking, like to alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because like actually allergic in yeah. terms of like I was having uh, blackouts yeah since I was 14 which yeah. is not normal well, I assumed was normal and then also I was getting hangovers from about the age of 15 Whoa. which yeah and I'd be hung over for like two days kind of buzz and it, like by the end of it I was so ill from drinking all yeah. the time that she was like you should you are too young to be also feeling these effects so it mm. also could be something in you so i feel like my body for ages was like girl quit it <laughs> please <laughs> for the stop. love of lemon stop Can't yeah keep drinking pints all the time yeah that's Honestly. interesting brian actually as it turns out brian is living up here with me in belfast he's also off the pints he's doing a year oh, great. so he's doing amazing man he's, he's really uh just such a, an inspiration also um taking it on but he's um, just found out that he's gluten intolerant and he's just been drinking like 12 pints of gluten every oh time he goes God. out. And he's like, oh, no wonder I felt so ill all of the time. <laughs> You're like, yeah. mm, kind of makes sense. It makes so much sense. And it's like, I think also when I went into treatment, you know, I thought they were like, you know, the way you've been drinking the last year. But when I actually looked at my relationship with alcohol from the get go yeah. was not good. I never had like mm-hmm. I had my stomach pumped at 14, you know, I yeah. mean, which yeah. also at the time I was like, ah, just teenage behavior. But when you look at it in the like timeline, mm-hmm. there were just so many points where I should have stopped drinking and that it obviously wasn't suiting me. Like, but I still kept going. Do you think it's the culture? I mean, cause I always felt like drinking was like, maybe not at that age at 15, 16, that was more about being accepted. I think very much yeah. was like fitting in. Um, 
just wanting to be on the buzz with everybody, not kind of having the the strength to be like, no, I'm not doing it um, just to fit in. But then it almost became like a job or something. It was like, yeah. <laughs> like showing up to the factory every week to drink 12 pints uh, in the for whatever reason. I remember me and Connor O'Reilly and, uh, had a can drinking diary and we'd write write down how many cans we had every night of the week and we were like counting them up to see <laughs> like who oh could drink the most cans <laughs> mental I mean, that's the thing it just becomes so second nature that you're like you associate every task i feel mm-hmm. like in ireland in particular it's like yo i just finished my job or i just got a birthday yeah. card or whatever it is mm-hmm. we're just like point and like yeah because and that's the thing because points are great like mm-hmm. but um it's whether you can handle the points or not, I suppose. Yeah, I've been really struggling with that, like, for the last while. I mean, writing this play that I'm doing, Waiting for the Avo, is all about the sesh. So I've been thinking about the sesh way too much. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> literally, I'd say 12 hours a day thinking about the sesh. But also the, I mean, it's so hard to gel the positive side of it, like having fun with your mates, all the relationships you make, like all the great, great crack. And then the dark side of it as well. They're almost like, different worlds it's so hard to piece them together in the same thing totally and like i'm sorry my brain just went completely blank there oh my god it's all yeah it's the it happens from time to time on the old yeah. on the airwaves and um, <laughs> we'll get we'll get brian on the job brian yeah. remove this <laughs> um, yeah. but i bet yeah it's it's so hard to describe because like on the one hand, I have all these good memories, all these friendships, all these positive things, but then also then all these, all this uncertainty, all this, you know, damage to my self-confidence, anxiety, depression, wasted potential, all these other things that went like, sometimes you think about like, what would it be like if I didn't do that? Yeah, like majorly like. Do you handicap yourself from the get-go by partying so much or was there... I don't know. How do you make sense of it in your mind going from one to the other? Yeah, like when I stopped as well, um, I think I wrote about this in the article a little bit yep. about the the pros and cons yep. Yep. thing. And like that was the most eye opening thing and I've mm-hmm. ever like seeing it. I'd never just thought about why I drink. You know, yeah. I was just like, because because yep. everybody drinks. It's like, that's what <laughs> yeah. you do when you get to 18 and yep. there before, you know. Yep. So I never thought about it. And then it was like, yeah, like feeling confident, having fun, meeting new people. And then, yeah, the others were just like being suicidal, like ruining yeah. my life. Like, so yeah. like you can't even compute the two. Um, it's insane and- that they can both exist together and you'll completely ignore one for totally. the other. And like, that's the thing when like the productivity thing is a major mm-hmm. thing in that, like, I think with everything, even with like sports and everything too, I'd be like, oh yeah, like I have all these dreams and then you go out on a session for the weekend and then that just completely knocks you off something or you're like, you end up cancelling a load of things that like you Mm -hmm. want for yourself. But in the moment of the session, the session's more important and has more of a hold on you. So you're like, oh, I don't care about those responsibilities and inevitably like ruin other opportunities for yourself down the line because you're just, you know, caught up in the session like because <laughs> all your energy is going in that's kind of i thought that was really interesting in the article because it's a bit of a chicken and egg kind of thing it's like i did the exact same thing probably around 16 where i quit all sports but i'm like did i quit sports for drinking or did i start drinking more because i quit sports i didn't know yeah. it was like there was kind of a void that needed to be filled 
at that age and particularly in college as well when you're like you might have been in college 15 hours a week or something and what filled the space of all that energy was just constant going out all the time interesting what you're saying about the good the pros of it I actually idolized myself at six in the morning that was like the person I wanted to be was who I was at six in the morning on a session because that was like my ideal like didn't care about anything like just only cracking jokes not giving a shit just like no anxiety no fear about anything that's like who I wanted to be but it was just such a shortcut of getting leather to try and get there and it's like such easy validation you know it's like I really felt like oh my god like everybody thinks I'm so funny and so fun (laughs) or whatever and then you'd like run into someone when you're like sober and you're like oh my god this is so embarrassing I'm I'm not drunk you know I'm not gonna be that person they expect me to be and in actual fact when I stopped drinking so many of my friends were like we prefer you so much more yeah. now that you don't drink. Yeah. And I, I was like, what? Like, I thought I was so much fun to be around. But in actual fact, I was chaotic and all over the place. So, you know, I'm a lot more there for my friends as well. Like I can actually be there for the people in my life now because I'm not just going to bail on them to go on a rollover or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm actually like present in my life. And yep. uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the stability that you get from it. And it's funny though, because you think obviously that you're like, you know, that's why everybody likes me. Everybody likes me because I'm like the party dude and you show up and like, hey, let's party everybody. And you're going to be like, yeah. everybody will hate you or something if you don't do that. But people actually respect you way more when you have your shit yeah. together. People gravitate to me at the session too, in terms yeah. of like when all the other people are getting like real messy and are kind of like melting your brain. Mm-hmm. Like I'm that person in the corner who's like still with it. I can have a coherent <laughs> yeah. conversation and I'm able to, you know, actually like converse. And I have some of the best chats ever now when I'm on the session yeah. with the other people who can maybe handle their beers and better than I could. Actually remember everything as well. And I yeah, and I remember things selectively. But also the funny thing with that, like, you know, people are so like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. You're gonna remember everything I do. And it's just like, like we are all our own main character, you know, like mm. other people are a cameo in my night. Yeah. I'm I in theirs. So it's like, everyone's only really focused on themselves. They're like, oh my God, did I actually say that? And like all these other things, mm. like I barely ever remember like weird shit. That oh people man, said like taking like, back, like there's only a handful of things really that you'd be like, unless they were like the most messed up stuff ever, you'd be like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that. But yeah. It all gets a bit kind of, but you're so self-conscious. I think I was very much like, constantly worried about my reputation and about like social status because like I suppose when you're younger you don't really have anything else either they're kind of all your bargaining chips really it's your whole world and if your world is then like if how you get status is by drinking and partying that's what you have to do the most to be so I'm interested in that kind of cultural aspect of it like is it just because we're in Ireland or is it you know is it changing I think like the Ireland thing is a big one because yeah. like whenever, like if I'm abroad and yeah. I meet people, like I meet someone from France or something and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, like I, I don't drink. They're like, yeah. oh cool. And like they literally do not even yeah. flinch or ask a question. Whereas mm-hmm. like when I tell someone, <laughs> an Irish person that I don't drink, it's like, I'm an Olympic award winner. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, like, their the face right. is like, you what? <laughs> like how? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's hilarious. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, how can you do that? And like, I oh, I and that's the reason. Also, I'm kind of 
obviously you had to chase me for that article for a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah, hunting I, you down. I'm glad I did. I was hunted. <laughs> like, but I honestly was running, like running yeah. from you. But, Where's that article? Yeah. Knocking on your door. But, yeah, but at the same time, it was like I had wanted to write something for a long time mm-hmm. about kind of my story because I do yeah. get people messaging me, like people I don't yeah. know, people I do know over the past four years, just at random on Instagram and stuff from seeing things I've posted and everything. Yeah. Um, and I had always felt really bad about the not posting online that I'd gone through treatment because yeah. I felt like it made it really like... Oh yeah. And then I just woke up one day and stopped drinking, you know, which is just such a, you know, a false reality. Like I could not have stopped drinking on my own. No way, no hell. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So then with the article, I obviously was, um, I really battled with that, that I was like, oh my God, like, do I really want that to be online? And like all of these different Mm -hmm. things. But in actual fact, it's like, if I broke my leg and went to a hospital and got yeah. my leg sorted, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, what if yeah. people know I got my leg done in a hospital? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like our minds are so important and need to be like invested in, in that same way of being like, yeah. my quality of life was not good. Mm-hmm. And the the best thing I could have done for myself was to go into treatment at that age. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, now I've actually gone off point. But it's what also, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying in that, it's actually a courageous thing to do because everybody else is going the opposite way and you have to kind of step out of the slipstream to go out on your own really. And you would have had to go to those kind of meetings and everything just yourself as a 22 year old. I mean, that takes, you know, real cojones as far as I'm concerned. That's a really like, even if I was doing that now at 27, I'd be shitting myself. So it's a very like, it shows a, a strength of personality and strength of character and to stick to it for four years as well is something that really I've found very inspirational in what I've been doing in, in trying to get off the booze and, you know, to, I suppose, just be, have a better relationship to it, which actually seems to be not doing it by the looks of things. But, yeah. Um, did you think after treatment, something that um, I hear a lot is like, cause drinking is kind of a personality I feel like the whole sesh life is, it can, it is who you are in a sense. And as I've tried to get away from that, I felt I've had to kind of make a new personality for myself in some ways. Totally. Mm -hmm. Completely. I actually haven't heard that put into words, like said back to me, but that is actually, because I really struggled at the beginning because I used to like need alcohol to socialize with people. Mm-hmm. and get so much social anxiety. I still even get a bit anxious if I'm going out to meet a group of people that like mm-hmm. nauseous belly or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And initially it was like, oh God, like what would I even talk about? Like I have nothing to say, but like as you get on as well and you're going about your life, I found that there's so much more substance to my life now. And like, I'm so much better of a communicator now because I, I'm listening. I'm actually listening and actually conversing with people. Um that this whole new person has come out of me not drinking. Mm-hmm. I like a confident woman who I don't, I didn't know years ago. Yes, it's, exactly. It's a, honestly, like, because reading, like writing that article was an up and down process for me. It was about six months when I looked back at it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was I mean, November. I was just like hunting you down month by month. I'm like, <laughs> what about this day? What about that day? <laughs> 
honestly, because I'm so chaotic as is. And then it was like, I, I scrolled back and I was like, when did he ask me for this? And I saw it was November and I nearly died. I was like, no. But um, it was because I was grappling and also just making these realizations myself of being like, when I think back to that person who went into treatment at 22, like mm-hmm. I genuinely thought I was the biggest piece of shit like that. Mm-hmm everyone hated me and that, you know, there was no coming back from that, that it was like, you know, I've made my bed. This is my life now. Um, And in actual fact, like in tearing all of that down and putting in the new foundations and everything Mm -hmm. and, you know, stating the person I wanted to be back then, it's like, I am that person now. And I don't remember waking up one day and that happening. It's from all the gradual growth and like the fucking hard work I've done on myself. Yeah. But like that now I can look at myself, I'm like, damn girl, how you get this way? You're like, shit, I do. <laughs> yeah. It's so Honestly. true though. And that's see, like, cause I, I did exactly the same thing where I always used it as a crutch for socializing and felt like I couldn't even talk to people without drinking. And then when yeah. you start doing it without it, you start to see kind of yourself in action a lot of the time. You go, oh yeah, I, I have always been able to do this. I can do this fine. I mean, you have kind of, because you're sober, you almost have evidence for the fact that you can do the things that you doubted yourself about. I think yeah. it's great for self-confidence and for... Um, for self-worth as well, I think. Yeah. Like, because mm-hmm. in from me not drinking, I think um, when I was drinking as well, you know what someone would be like, so do you have any hobbies? And you'd be like drinking the, like, you the know. session you'd be like ha, hobbies are for idiots same like honestly we were dicks but but yeah. then and it's like I'd always feel so bad about myself that I'd be like mm-hmm. like I'm doing nothing else in my life you know yeah. but like now there's so much more going on in my life that like I don't need to like go out on a session to have something exciting in my life happen you know like there's so much and the things that I you know seek fulfillment and joy from now are very different Mm -hmm. but like so much more wholesome and not you know like I realized too how much of like the people around me like when I'm out in a session it it makes me sad sometimes and that you can see the people who are really in pain yeah. who are, you know, they're there every weekend and, you know, masking feelings and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. But like in their eyes, like there is sadness, you know? Yeah. And that mm, gets me. Very hard, man. And very hard to, I guess we've all been there where we've been that person who's running from something and channeling all your pain into just pints and sessioning. It's, it's a very addictive process. Really, I I never would have I never thought of myself as an addict because I wouldn't be drinking every day or I wasn't the type of person to like wake yeah. up and be like oh I need a bottle of wine or something. But I was absolutely addicted to the process of escaping from how I felt with yeah. substances, no matter what it was. Um, it's very hard to face that in yourself. Really, that's what I found. Not drinking has been is facing up to those feelings every day, and it's like. It's the comparison element too, because it's like, when you look at all of the people around you, you're like, I'm exactly the same. Like, these are like my peers, but you forget that like, you are in an echo chamber in some way. So like, some of my friends that I told I was going into treatment at the time were like, no, you don't need to go in there. That's bullshit. Don't do that. And like, because they themselves were so in that and they were like, you know, me needing help held the mirror up to them and like the issues that they may yeah. be having with drinking. And like some friends, yeah, I did. 
I wouldn't say fall out with, but mm-hmm. really had to step away from because they are still so caught up in that. And that yeah. just obviously was not where I could be for a long while. So true. The people that you surround yourself with really one way or the other, you're either going to end up, you know, having to fight them all the time or you're going to end up doing the same thing. So I found that for not drinking, it's like, it, it is really, it, that's a hard part of it is picking and choosing and being like, you know, if you want to do that, fair enough, but I can't spend that much time with you while you're, you know, being so self-destructive because you just get caught up in it. And also people don't, I know it's always an interesting thing. Like when you tell somebody you're not drinking and they kind of have a go at you or something for it, where they're almost like, you know trying to get you into it all the time. I mean, there's a funny way doing it where it's a bit of crack and whatever else, but then there is also other times where you're a bit like, ah, like what's, you know, what's motivating you to try and pursue that to get, to make yourself more comfortable, really. I mean, if if I was destroying myself, it would make you feel better. That's kind of like, you have to wonder then, you know, are you friends even? Is that like completely like yeah it's like if you need to see your friend in pain in order for them to be your friend like you really do have to assess and I had to really assess a lot of my friendships yeah and like a lot of the people who weren't that good friends of mine or were kind of you know more like acquaintances now Mm -hmm. are some of my best mates Mm -hmm. because they were the ones who didn't give a fuck where they met me in terms of like if it was a cafe or a park and not on the session they weren't like oh, but it's the weekend. I don't want to sit in and watch a movie with you instead of going out on the session, you know? And it's like, it's, you really do realize the people who actually care about you and mm-hmm. the people who are just like, love to have a buzz with you on the session, Yeah, you know? And that it's not their fault either. It's like, they're also no. going through whatever they're going through. For sure. But- I've been that guy as well. Like where you're like slagging people all the time, trying to make them do all sorts of stuff and just being... I mean, to a certain extent, I suppose it is, you know, it can be a bit of crack and whatever else, but oh, yeah. I guess it just goes too far and you kind of become, <laughs> I'm thinking about like, you're, you're like one of the devils in hell or something. And you're trying to keep everybody, trying to keep everybody in this pit with each other. Cause somebody, yeah. somebody going here, I'm not playing this game is it fucks up the game for everybody else. Cause if you're then session, what if everybody else starts not session and then you're, you know, left on your own and you're like, Oh, well, yeah. you know where does that leave, you know, what am I going to do? And the people in the pit then are looking at you being like, wait, I drink more than them. But <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't have a problem. And then, and that's the mm-hmm. thing. So it makes them like freak out, you yeah. know, and I've had friends like that as well. Or else, yeah. you know, pals be like, oh, what, you're soft. You don't even drink that much. You don't need to quit drinking and all. And it's, yeah. like, <laughs> and it's not coming from a place of badness. It's also no. coming from a, that's one of the things as well I wanted to mention is, um, People don't realize as well the effect what they're saying can have on their friends or family at times mm-hmm. when it comes to like drinking of yeah. like that little, ah, don't be soft and go home. Or like, ah, could you not just have a beer or all of these things yeah. that like mm. the, like what you're inflicting on a person who could literally have been trying their damned hardest or whatever. And then to be like, oh, you're this, you're that or whatever. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> You suck. You actually feel like even more of a piece of shit. And you're you're there feeling like I'm already the wet tail with no personality. It's true. No one wants me here. So it's a very it's yeah. a very tough place to be in when you first give up drinking if you don't yeah. have the support around it. Yeah, for sure. But it requires you. I mean, you have to kind of start sorting everything else out. I thought it was really interesting the way you were saying, like, obviously your creative work and everything. Do you, if you were still drinking, like it'd be very hard to do those two things together. I've seen like... There's no way in hell. The more I do in my own life, 
the more responsibility I'm taking on, the more stuff I'm doing, the less I would be able to drink. So it's like almost a trade-off between them. Sacrificing the drinking gives you the other stuff. Yeah. And like you have to realize one thing um, you have to realize too is that we only have so many hours in our week. Yeah. You know, so like that was one thing I also had to do. It's like in an occupational therapy thing of like assess how many hours you're spending every week drinking. Yeah. And, you know, not just drinking, but then hung over, like mm. all of those things and like how much time you're actually wasting and the things that you're annoyed that you're not doing, you know, like you could easily be, say, subbing that in there. Because yeah. at the time I was like, I'm so shit. Uh, like, I'm not a good photographer. Like, I wish I was better and all of these things. I'm really like taking life lying down as in like, yeah. no, I'm just not good at anything. And, you know, it was yeah. very much in that negative headspace. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, yeah, like then you quit drinking and you realize when it gets to the weekends, you're like, I need to distract myself or I'm going to go out in session with my mates. And so a lot of it came from that as well as just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you just become so much more like I want to enjoy my life, but I need so much more to enjoy my life. I need to put yeah. myself so much more out there <laughs> yeah. because life is fucking boring a lot of the time. Too, yeah, you know? like, I'm not going to put Peter in the bush. It is, yeah, it can be so dry. And you're like, I need something that actually matters to me to replace this thing that was yeah. so like so all encompassing really it was the the drinking and the social games and the kind of like... And the mischief and the de- like The lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. That was it, and, like, you don't like when you don't drink, you don't wake up somewhere you don't know with some mad story. Like you very yeah, seldom end that's up the in other those situations. Thing, I feel like so much of being such a ball bag when I was younger and <laughs> getting in so much trouble is <laughs> just like just for the stories, like just to have something yeah. to tell people and to be like, you know, so you could be the maddest cunt going around telling everybody, Oh yeah, I woke up in a bin and fucking Yeah. <laughs> out in Hoth somewhere and it was like oh it was gas man and then then you get to an age and you're like I actually I need another way of making stories <laughs> I need to yeah out, and then like, you're like oh I need to find a way that doesn't destroy me to make yeah something a bit more positive but you do realize yeah. that quitting drinking that there's life is actually really interesting when you pay attention to stuff there's always weird sh- like stuff going on and so much of you know your own journey can be what you talk about and what you're interested in as well if you're doing something that is meaningful to you and passionate it doesn't have to be necessarily something artistic but just something that you're you know putting yourself out there like you said and you know actually giving it a go rather yeah, than just, actually having something to mm. say for yourself you know yeah. like I used to find as well yeah people be like so what have you been up to and you're like you wouldn't really have much going on other than like you know that <laughs> wild story oh yeah <laughs> on it like yeah. whereas now you know I meet someone and I can tell them about whatever projects I'm working on or mm-hmm. else like we talk about I don't know, like even just like cultural, artistic things, anything outside of it. It doesn't just have to be the like, oh my God, we go get you, whatever, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was off my head the other night. Do you think being a creative person, I think being creative definitely got me into a lot of trouble. I think it was either be creative or be addicted for me. hundred percent. I, because I'm a very high energy person, right? I get very <laughs> bored very easily. Same. So I need, yeah, like, yeah. so I just found myself. And like, it's only something I've realized after the fact too, <laughs> that like, I really need high stakes to entertain me. And yeah. I would go to yeah. great lengths to entertain <laughs> myself, you know, yeah. um, to my own detriment. So yeah, like, and that's the thing you do find not drinking that the odd time you're like, man, life is fucking boring. Yeah. But for that, what, as you're talking about the stability, you're like, stability 
is a good trade-off for the other things that came with it. Yep. It certainly, it gives you a base to kind of build, but that constant need for stimulation and the constant need for being like really in, almost having <laughs> loads of danger in your life constantly, loads of mad stuff. I think that's yeah. just kind of like mismanagement. It's just like you're, you haven't got your affairs in order. So you're kind of lashing out, looking for something to fill yeah. the void. And like, you know, you're going to like sweet clubs and, you know, yeah. having mad times, which is also like as as a filmmaker, you know, I used to be so like, this is all great. This is great content. Yeah, this is amazing. I'm going to really write about all of this. But like, yeah. for one, did not write. I tried <laughs> to write. Never got far. That's <laughs> so funny, man. I had like in college, I was convinced I was going to be living this like Charles Bukowski life. Like I'm just going <laughs> to drink like 10 bottles of wine and, you know, write stories and it'll be cool. And now I'm like, terrified of all of that material that I produced and will never do anything. (laughs) You're just like, yeah, it's, do you ever read Stephen Pressfield? Have you ever heard of him? The, the art or the war of art. And he has another book called turning pro, but that's his thing. He's like, if you're a creative person and you're not doing the creative work, you'll make uh, art of your life. So you'll make yourself a character and you'll make the events in your life stories and you'll, your creativity will kind of seep into your life and become drama and become, uh, you live this kind of shadow life. So his argument is that when you're in that state, you have to start applying your creativity and you need to turn pro. That's his whole thing. You need to basically become, you know, whatever you're avoiding doing, if it's photography, if it's writing, if it's painting, whatever you're putting off, you need to immerse yourself in that and make that your life to get that creative energy out of you rather than, you know, drinking 45 pints and waking up in a bin. Because honestly, like the the joy I feel from creating now Mm -hmm. versus say like the joy I would feel like, because you do feel... A, you feel great when you go out on a session oh, yeah. like pre-hangover you're feeling unbelievable <laughs> yeah. so like but it's it's temporary and you have nothing to show for it after the fact whereas with creating now I put in my hours I put in my time and everything and then that feeling I get when I either share it with the world or it's just done yeah. I'm like yes and I'm so fulfilled in myself and I have so much more to show for myself than I don't know, spending all of my time out socializing with the same people who I've Mm -hmm. been doing the same shit with for years. As much as I love doing that, there's so much more to life. That's so true. What you're saying about being actually satisfied with what you're doing. I mean, even creative work is, it can be a nightmare at times. It can be so difficult, but at the end of it, you're always satisfied. At least if you go out on a big session, you're unfulfilled by it. It doesn't, there's never a session that you're like, ah, yeah, that's, that one was perfect. That'll, that'll do me now. There's always another, it's like junk food. Like there's, you can eat as much junk food, but you'll just want more junk food. There isn't any, it's not an end in itself. And would you ever find an element of um, expectation never being met with sessioning? mm -hmm. This is one of the things I found with just reflecting upon it. It's like, Start of the night, you'd be like, yeah, this is going to be unbelievable. We'll all be mates and like <laughs> yeah. this, that and the other. We're going to have the best time of our fucking lives. And then, you know, like half your mates get lost. Someone doesn't get into the club. Someone gets yeah. thrown out or whatever. Someone has to go home sick or whatever. And like you all end up all over the place and you think you're going out to have like a deadly time with your mates. And a lot of the time I'd end up like puke and getting home, sent home in a taxi. like, And it's an absolute ordeal just wandering around haven't lost her but that's yeah the expectation you're always chasing this fantasy that was the way it was for me it was like Mm. you know what do they call it chasing the dragon or chasing kind of like you're you're looking for this perfect night out and then sometimes you'd have a good one but then 
it would never be, you'd be like, okay, I'll just throw that on the pile and then you'll have to go out and try and have another one. And you're like, there's nothing, you're chasing after something that isn't there. You're not going to find it, I think, in the session. That's always what I found for me. I, I never, I couldn't self-actualize from doing ease and dancing yeah. till six in the morning. It didn't, it didn't get me there. But um, yeah. I just thought, yeah, because it's interesting that, you know, a lot of our friends would be in the same boat and would have partied a lot, but would also be creative people. I think there's a kind of, you know, an overlap there. Um, maybe just because of, you know, where we've grown up and stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's so, so true. It's so funny the amount of people who I um, cross paths with now, who I would have sessioned with years mm. ago, you yeah. know, I meet in a work context. Yeah. And yeah, like we're all so much further down the road. I mean, we'll see each other and we'll yeah. talk about that time or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. But now we're in a totally different part of our life and like mm. co-creating together. And yeah. it's so interesting how, yeah, we all did. I guess Dublin is just a really nice melting pot for that. Yeah. Um, like we're so fortunate to have grown up in Dublin mm-hmm. in terms of so many of the people, yeah, I work with now. I met when I was 15 in the castle drinking druids. Like. So true. It's a great, it was a great place to make connections, weirdly. I'm kind of glad I did it when I did it. But It was um, networking before ne- networking was a <laughs> yeah, thing. Before we knew that you're going to need to network. Yeah. But now I've done the background work. Um, it was interesting because I had Moat and Costello on doing the two oh, chaps yeah. endurance. And I would have known them from going out and session and stuff in town and like techno nights and stuff like that. And now the two of them are up five in the morning every day sea swimming running all these running cycling challenges and i'm like what happened to us like what's going yeah where is this honestly what? it blew my mind seeing that because i would have known them through being at sessions with you and the boys yeah. and yeah. stuff and yet to see and it's it's really interesting your blog slash podcast yeah. is like a series of our mates who went one way? Kind of <laughs> yeah. have like, who've been like, hold on a second, you Hang know, on a minute, yeah, and like yeah. of all of us who have been like, I've probably been on a party with nearly everyone on your podcast, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, but now we've all developed to a certain, yeah, it's kind yeah. of, but that's something that I'm really interested with the podcast and blog. I suppose is kind of encouraging people to take that step and to do something different with their lives to, you know, even take a break or to start, you know, whatever it is you're putting off by indulging in the session or whatever else to really get down to it because it's a better life. There's a better world on the other side. Sometimes you just need somebody to be like, look, man, this works. You know, you, you shouldn't be, um, the, the most dangerous place to be is where you're half in half out. And I, it always warms my heart when I see people with stories like your own Hannah, where you've, you know, done that journey and you're like, fuck, that's so powerful. And that's why so many people gravitate to it because Mm. it's, it's so true to all of our conditions that we end up there. And not everybody does that. Not everybody gets out the other side. And as you get older, it gets more difficult. Completely like, and it's, and it's a really scary thing. Like, cause yeah. once again, sitting in AA, like seeing some of these people who, you know, are 50, but look like they're 70. And yeah. some of like the stories that they had yeah. just being like, I could so easily see myself being there in yeah. 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I had to do some quick maths. <laughs> quick maths. <laughs> quick maths. Uh, yeah. But um, that it's, it's such a scary one that it's like, you know, you get such instant gratification from drinking and there's no yeah. doubt about that. But, and like the, 
that you don't get from other things in life, from doing the small tasks or even from creating a lot of the time when you're having mm-hmm. a bad time with it. Yep. So it's, it's so hard in that moment when you're like, fuck this, to be like, yeah. nah, I'll take the other route of sitting in my room watching yeah. some on Netflix or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but it's like, you're playing the long game. And that's what I keep telling myself that I'm playing the long game here. And even though like some of my friends who also just don't get the not drinking, the most of them, I, most people are very supportive about it, but mm-hmm. that it's like in 20 years time, I'll look back and I'm not definitely not going to regret not drinking. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. you're never going to be like, damn, I wish I had all those. I, I had that session. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And that's, I suppose the essence, the sacrifice is the idea for me at least, is that I'm sacrificing it not just to lose the session, but to actually get something more to get, you know, stability in my life and in my mind and to be able to do my work and to feel better about myself and also to kind of know myself better. It's very hard to get to know yourself when you're always avoiding anything that's bad about you or anything that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And you like identify with this facade. Like, yeah, you know, it was, mm. it was the worst when I was drinking. It was like, I was a whole other person when I was yep. drinking mm. and, you know, we had different morals, she and I. Oh man, <laughs> you ambiguous. Know, like, <laughs> ambiguous. So like waking up after like, you know, I'd wake up having blacked out everything. And then like, it would be like my body had been hijacked by someone with very yeah. bad intentions for me yeah. and had done all of this stuff and then left me a smoke, like smoking in a crater, <laughs> you know, in yeah. a ditch somewhere. And I'm there picking up the pieces oh. going, she did what? You what know, have I done? Yeah, what that have was, I done? That was Patricia. Um, that was, yeah. Exactly. It's just shooting yourself in the foot. It's like that Simpsons thing where he's like, that's future Homer's problem. And you're just leaving yourself with this big, you know, fucking mess of a life after um there was something i was gonna say there what was it has my mind gone black (laughs) um something about the future Mm, future homer future homer um shooting yourself in the foot oh yeah you know the way people always say like drunk words sober thoughts or something yeah that's so not true that's bullshit man that is fucking bullshit i've like you know tried to fight my best friends and told them i hate them and i love those guys i I fucking love them (laughs) this is drunk man is not does not represent this party all right totally like and it feels like you're on an invisible chaos machine it's just like (laughs) churning out chaos and you're like who the fuck is driving this thing but you're driving it but you don't know that An invisible chaos machine. You're just throwing obstacles everywhere. Honestly, churning them out as you go along. Just tripping yourself. Oh, man. Another Simpsons reference. You know that sideshow Bob when he steps on the rake and he's like, oh, oh, Surrounded by rakes. That for me is drinking. (laughs) And I was wondering, what kind of, you know, what lesson would you give to people from your your journey? down to, you know, the treatment and coming back, reflecting on it, you know, what's something that you'd like people to know for their own lives? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Well, I would say first off as well, like I wish I knew this too, Mm -hmm. uh, that to not listen to your family or your friends, if Mm -hmm. they, you know, if you're saying, oh, I have a drinking problem or whatever it is, like, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, given like, 
I suppose that the Ireland that all of our parents grew up in was a very keep that under the rug, you know, and you'd be mortified mm-hmm. yep. and like, don't tell anyone you were in treatment and those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and like for initially my family didn't want me to go into treatment or anything like that because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, but we didn't do anything wrong and that kind of thing. Yeah. And your friends okay. don't want you to quit drinking and things like that. But to just like, even if the people around you don't believe you or tell you, oh, you're just a drama queen or you're over-exaggerating or whatever, it do- that doesn't negate your feelings of, yeah. you know, what drinking or whatever it is, is mm-hmm. doing to you. Like only you know your own experience and yeah. how tough things are for you. Yeah. Um, and to dip into that um, that question of like why, if it is the drink, for example, that's got you down. Yeah. Um, when you are like, damn, I'd love a pint. Like, is that feeling just because it's sunny? Like, or yeah. is that something greater? Mm. Um, and then that the help is always there for you. Like, as in, uh, it is tough to seek help. And yeah. like, that's something I also did want to touch on in my article, that it isn't just yeah. call up the doctor and instantly you'll be sorted. Because like that also, I genuinely was like, no, no one gives a fuck about me. This mm-hmm. like why should I even bother? And I was yep. so ready to check out, um, which, which is such a scary thought now. Like Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. And, you know, I went and I sought help and everything and it did take some time, but there's services that are there. Like there are some amazing services out yep. there, like the likes of St. Pat's, like some of the best addiction counsellors and just doctors in the country mm-hmm. work from there. Yep. And, you know, if it is a thing of inpatient, another thing I wasn't going to go inpatient because I was like, oh, I'm in college. I want to hang out with my mates. It was coming into summer and everything. Yeah. And I, I wound up in hospital for three months, not mm-hmm. allowed to leave for two months, Whoa. having not been told that on my way in. Oh. And, you know, I was so annoyed about all that. I was mm. like, oh, fuck's sake, all my mates are drinking. And it's like yeah. you investing in your mental health and physical mm-hmm. health and your well-being is so much more important than the random nights out that you're not going to remember in 10 years. 100%. Like it's invaluable to you. So like, like it's just so worth investing in yourself as well because we deserve it. Like we all deserve love. Yeah. And that it's the best thing for you. Like it is exactly what you've said. It is loving yourself in a way that's somehow that's above where you're just indulging yourself and like, oh yeah, I, you know, I love myself. So I'll just let myself do all these things. It's like, I love myself. So I'm actually going to endure this pain now so that my future self doesn't have to so that I can actually you know be in a better place in in time and that is about loving yourself which is hard if you're sessioning and you know hurting yourself really because you you don't like yourself or because you know you have all this pain totally Um, and like that was the thing it was like that I didn't love myself enough to Mm -hmm. seek help before I was like I don't like I don't deserve any better than this I'm a piece of shit and I'm getting what I deserve Uh, whereas now I'm like no I deserve a happy life because we all deserve a happy life I'm like I know I'm a good person I know Mm. and like another thing I used to rely on too was I was like the only thing I have to offer to people is that I'm I'm nice to them or whatever but to like Mm -hmm. to recognize that your value as you Mm. are like we are all class yeah. And like, and through not drinking, I've only become more and more class because yeah. I've become a better yeah. friend. I've become a mm-hmm. more intelligent, stronger woman that mm-hmm. can now support the people around me so much better. And, you know, I love life now. And I never thought I'd be able to say that. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. And then when you do that as well, you're an example to other people like myself and like other people that have read the article and that are, you know, doing something different and 
taking a break from it and getting off the sauce. Um, that that's a power that you get from undergoing that journey. It's quite a, you know, you can change the world that way. I think that's how you change. You can change yourself, and then that changes other people in a very, in a way that's, it's hard to match it. I think it's yeah. it's so um it's powerful, and that's why so many people have gravitated to the article. Yeah. Um. And what's next for you? What What are you working on? Oh, I'm I'm working on that's like I'm I'm not sure how much I can say about certain things, but I certain am currently stuff. certain mm-hmm. secrets. Um, yeah. I am currently um hopefully pitching a series mm-hmm. um to someone, but I can't say Ooh, whom. But uh, but there's some big things in the way. I have some. Um, I've got a couple of music videos on, probably about six music videos on at the moment. Nice. Um some some that I'm very excited about as well yeah um and then yeah I've just been like I've been rollerblading and hula hooping I got a <laughs> candle making kit like you know that's all the things you have to do when you're off the pints and be like yeah these are, that's the thing yeah you have to also get a lot more creative with your time well, the so whole thing of being bored when I mm. first stopped drinking as well my it was Paddy's day mm-hmm. um and I'm sitting there at home, big scowl on my face, going, everyone's out having points, and I have to sit at home. And my brother, um, uh, he would be very much an outdoorsman. Yep. And, you know, he was going bouldering that day and was like, oh, like, do you want to come? And I was like, no. So he dragged me anyway and was like, you know, this is something really fun. It's a great outlet. And it's like, you know, it's physical, but it's really enjoyable and it's really social. So man, and then I went and I absolutely loved it. So when I first came off the gargle as well, I was going like four times a week or something. Yeah, Cause yeah. I, <laughs> you also need something else to get addicted to that 100%. isn't, that yeah. isn't a negative because it's very easy to cross addict in terms of, you mm. know, you come off the sauce, you can go straight onto whether it's Xanax or something else. Something else yeah. It's very easy to fill that void with something else. So mm. it's so important to fill that time yeah. with something that's positive for you and that will help you grow and will make you the person you want to be yeah i find that with any sort of exercise as well like bouldering or something where you're actually using your body because it's the only thing for me that gets the same refreshment that i was talking about where it's like a ritual where you go out and drink and it changes your state of consciousness i find that with exercise it does the same thing like you're not the same person after exercising as you were before like it changes your your state of mind and that's really for me what I'm looking for when I drink is like I'm craving that the release from anxiety and from self-consciousness and you know a different state but there's actually ways to do it without the negative consequences like it turns out (laughs) <laughs> Cliff, you're like skydiving yeah it just has to be extremely Com- extreme complete adrenaline junkie now come on <laughs> um, yeah sweet is there anything you want to plug I mean I've got the website in the description as well for hannahmcglynn.com oh. um, is there any places you'd like people to go to see your stuff I mean like I guess like Instagrams uh, yeah. where a lot of my work comes from slash where mm-hmm. I share most of my like photography and video work so mm-hmm. I guess that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sick. Well, thanks for speaking with me, Hannah, and thanks for writing the article. I know it might have taken six months, but I'm fecking, <laughs> I'm glad I chased you for it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It's... And thank you for chasing me for it, because the, the catharsis was real in writing that article. Yeah. I, I did learn a few things about mm-hmm. myself, even in the writing process. So thank you. <laughs> no problem at all. I'll do it. I'll do it anytime. And if anybody else has any stories that they want to share um, to inspire people and to encourage them, 
I'll put some link in the description. Right. Appreciate it. Oh, that was a serious conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with Hannah and I really hope that that's beneficial to people that are, you know, thinking about drinking in their lives and about, you know, maybe making that sacrifice to pursue a higher path and pursue something else. If you want to support the podcast, just click that follow button on Spotify or iTunes or whatever it is that you're listening to this on. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube. Get involved with the party. We would love to have you. We're always looking for more guests. If there's anybody that wants to speak with something that's encouraging people to, you know, take on the responsibility in their lives to better themselves, to realize their potential, definitely get in contact with you, man. I always love to speak to people that are that are trying something different and really trying to be the person that they could be.